Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I am wonderful. Hay fever's fucking us both around, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. Which makes... My face feels like it's filled with cement. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be dramatic or anything. My eyes feel like they're going to fall out of my head. Yeah. I sneezed on so many people's faces at work today. Wow. I know. I was like, sorry, (laughs) but not that sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. So what did you get up to? Well, it was very busy all day. I did not care for really? it. Really? Oh, it's Saturday, yeah, isn't it, it was, I suppose. Yeah, like, we didn't get... The first person went for lunch at quarter past two today. Because that was the first break that we That's had. That's when I go out for my second lunch for snacks. <laughs> Don't work retail, everyone. <laughs> you will die inside. Oh, It was delightful. I loved it. No, it's fine. How was your day? Did you go out for brunch today? Yes, I went out for a brunch and then went to another establishment with the same per, per, person, people, and it became a liner. I did see that, actually, on your Instagram. So, yeah, we did... Uh, well, they summoned me out for brunch, a hangover recovery situation, and uh-huh. I had cake for breakfast. A really good carrot cake with a blood orange glaze. <laughs> You're so booty. <laughs> and then... Following that, we went to another cafe, just had another coffee. Then after that, we went to another cafe on Bold Street, which is also sort of a restaurant bistro kind of situation. And I had some <laughs> falafel, um, some potato discs, because they wouldn't call them chips, and then just some Coke. So, Wow, what a day you've had. A very unrelatable experience. Yeah. Speaking of drunkenness, mm. my brother went to a party last night Interesting. and then I picked him up at half past 11 and he got into my car and he said, I'm going to throw up in your car. And he didn't, did he? And I said, no, I said, no, you're not. That was the one caveat of me agreeing to come and get you was that you promised me you would not throw up in my car. And he said, yeah, I know, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then I was driving along and we drove past a group of people and I had to put the child locks on because he said, I'm going to open my door and smash them. Oh my God. And I God. said, no, you're not. No, you're not. Honestly, both of my brothers, when they get drunk, they get so overly affectionate. Oh, that's cute though. I was though. like, yeah, I just it get, could be worse. But I, I get like, mean, then I get down. funny. Then I get tired. Then I want McDonald's. That, no. You've just described you every I, day. I that's just That's just <laughs> the course of your day. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. This is grave digging, by the oh, way. Yes. Why do we always forget to do that? Welcome to grave digging. There we go. Because I just like talking to you. I forget that there's like a purpose. Aww. Aww. That's cute. Gay. <laughs> well, our first reviews came in after making this son of a bitch live. And thanks very much to at Soul Ramen for saying I had a soothing voice. I don't think I do, but you do. Well, you, you do when you feel like it. Yeah, I can do a few different ones. I also had multiple people uh, mention your impression of the Queen to me, which was... Don't worry, I've already made notes. One of these episodes will be about probably strange deaths in the royal family and it will be done exclusively in the voice of our monarch. And I will lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, it's very exciting to actually be out there in the world right now. Kind of scary also. I uh, I have this thing at the moment where I wake up a solid two hours before I'm supposed to every day. So I woke up at like six in the morning 
and saw that we had gone live on iTunes and then had to wait for you to wake yeah, up. Yeah, I woke up four hours later <laughs> <laughs> to all of the texts. I was just, yeah, I was just wandering aimlessly around the house being like, I don't know what to do with myself or where to go. It's so cool um, though. It is cool. It's weird. I like it. Yeah. It's fun. So uh, what are we doing this week? Well, what are we talking about? Well, it's my week, gang. I say gang. There's about six of you, but that's fine. Um, so this week last week was the plague and you know sticking very consistently on theme this one's about a ship that sank so (laughs) we yeah i don't really know (laughs) i'm so excited i can't wait well i don't i don't really know where to start okay whatever right i assume the majority of people in the world do know what the titanic was slash is essentially um, think big boat, not as big as the ones they make now, because the ones they make now are very ugly. Very. Would you ever go on a cruise? I would love to go on a cruise, but I wouldn't go on one oh. of the disgustingly big ones that exist now. I can't think of anything worse than a cruise. Really? Well, you came with me. We saw Moana together, right? You saw how many nervous breakdowns I had at the open water. Yeah, but she could control that. Yeah, I know that. And it still upset me. So think how I would fare... Just in a normal scenario. Well, no. Yeah, you make a fair point. There's a few facts that I've got in here that might make you feel a bit sick about open water. Yeah, I'm probably going to cry. It's fine. Um, No, I do understand that. But also, I am, in my heart of hearts and soul, an 80-year-old woman. And they love a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out sometimes it's cheaper to live on a cruise for the rest of your days than live in a retirement home. So... That actually, I can believe. That makes a lot of sense. And then you get weighted on hand and foot and you get to stop in loads of cool ports and you become the eccentric old lady on board. I understand the appeal of Mm. it. It's just not for me. I don't, I don't fuck with it. It's not your bedroom, is it? So. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Read me then. Jesus. Uh, Right. Anyway. So the Titanic, the year is 1912. We're in Southampton in England. Um... I imagine it's a bit dreary. Maybe not. Might be sunny. It's April. There's less global warming, I suppose. Um, <laughs> there's a big boat in a dock. It's the Titanic. And it's about to set sail to New York City, the place me and Bean both dream of. Uh, and let's not guess that. Uh, there's a lot of people on board. So much. Mm-hmm. So there's 2,224 of them. That's very specific. I know. That is the actual figure. Were there any animals? Yes, there were dogs. (gasps) Oh no. And there was, I had this from a book when I was a child. Like I've been obsessed with this boat for a while. And there was a dog show scheduled um, in first class. The same day, I think, as the um, lifeboat drill was scheduled. And only one of those was cancelled, I believe. And I reckon you guys can guess which one was cancelled. Oh my god! Because irony's a bitch. My, so my heart just fell out of my ass. Why? Because <laughs> dogs. No, I know, but quite a few of them did survive. The dogs. Out of the twelve dogs on board, Rebecca, please have a tissue ready. I do. Only three survived. Oh god! A Pekingese and two Pomeranians. Obviously, because they're the ones you could get onto a lifeboat. I assume. Yeah, like in your bag. Yeah, just like oh. Don't mind me. I like that you're like, oh, thousands of people died. And I'm like, okay. And then you're like, nine dogs. And yeah, I'm like, it's no. It's really sad, to be fair, because they're obviously not going to know what happened. Exactly. 
Um, and they didn't they didn't sign up to go on board. No, exactly. There were many animals, in fact. <laughs> they included dogs, cats, chickens, other birds, and here's one for our here's a throwback to our last episode: an unknown number of rats. it's because they're everywhere throughout all of human history so three of the 12 dogs on the titanic survived and every other animal on board died oh god which is really sad chickens chickens god thinking of a chicken drowning is making me want to cry exactly but they'd have just been right in the bowels of the ship in their cages they would have had no idea Uh, that's true which is very sad but anyway right so when you said other birds i'm imagining like an emu (laughs) maybe or i'm I'm thinking maybe i doubt it pheasants and ducks and things yeah, or like um, like parakeets and budgies and like oh yeah, maybe. all those weird birds that rich people had. Yeah, I assume so. I mean, somebody yeah. was taking a car over, so really, yeah. wow. there was a car in the cargo hold. Right? Can I just let me just address the elephant in the room? The film James Cameron's 1997 smash Titanic, uh-huh. starring Kate Winslet and I was about to say Jack, but it's actually Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, yeah, Jack and Rose didn't exist everybody this i don't find shocking they didn't exist their love story didn't exist the car that they fucked in did exist (laughs) (laughs) that's all that counts but the rest of it i mean jack and rose's love story i mean it could have happened anywhere but it wasn't on that i mean you don't know that it didn't happen well yeah but i know that those two names were there was a jack dawson but i don't (gasps) oh my god it's real oh my god Right, so anyway, on the 14th of April... Tomorrow, as we record this. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, she, she being the Titanic. That is not me being sexist in any way. Apparently, it's a thing to refer to mechanical objects as female. Yeah. Who knew? Because bitches get stuff done. Exactly. <laughs> like murdering 1,500 people. <laughs> the Titanic actively chose to murder them. All right. Okay. So... We all know the story. It hits an iceberg in the middle of the ocean. There's a guy in a in the lookout tower. Can't access the binoculars because the key to the binocular cupboard was left in Southampton. Why are they so dumb? There was a last minute um, change in crew. Okay, why? I don't. I don't remember. Okay. Because I wasn't quite there, and also I can't remember how they showed it in the Julian Fellows TV ITV drama Titanic. They did show it a little bit. <laughs> But they basically uh-huh. booted somebody out and demoted everyone else to promote somebody. Right. And one and of those people... they were like, well, fuck you. And, we're not taking yeah. the key and then. And in that whole process, the, I think, I, as far as I can remember, the guy who they booted out had the key to the lookout post, like binocular cupboard, and left with it. Of course. So, obviously, they saw the iceberg too late, tried to steer around it, didn't do it. Doof, 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 doof. That was the iceberg <laughs> puncturing the ship, by the way. I'm sure that was the exact noise. Well, I've got a few <laughs> quotes from survivors. Okay. And I mean, that Ooh, sound might okay. not have been the most inaccurate thing in the world. So, okay. yeah, anyway. Okay, so some fun facts, some trivia about how to keep people alive on boats or not. There weren't enough lifeboats on the Titanic at all. And right. of the people, there were enough to basically carry left around a third so fantastic the way that the lifeboats worked in these times because the ships they were building were so big and they were printed in the press as being unsinkable everyone Uh believed it so people are buying these really expensive tickets to go in first class so they're walking around the boat decks because that's where they're allowed no one wants to be maneuvering in and around a load of lifeboats so to make the ship look more aesthetic to the rich people they didn't want all the lifeboats cramming up all the room 
I mean, honestly, that's a choice that we would make. We, Definitely. We'd I'd be have like, none. this is ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Minimalism. We'd be like, no, don't need that. But the theory was, <laughs> any lifeboat that they would need, there'd be ships everywhere, and the lifeboats would just be for ferrying people from a slowly sinking vessel, if it ever sank, to another ship. Yeah. And then they'd be able to keep going back and dump people on. Because um, one of the passengers who is called Edith Russell, during the sinking, she bumped into a gentleman that she knew on the boat. And he said, you'll be back in time for breakfast. And a lot of people believed that. Back where? On the Back boat. on the ship. So obviously after it's had its impact and it started to sink, a lot of people, because it was so big, didn't believe it could possibly sink. And it was just a lifeboat See, drill. I don't understand that that logic. That the, because cause the bigger it is, you'd think it would be more likely to sink. Yeah, and like, do you know how big the ocean is? It's not that big. Exactly. If you, like, if you zoom out, it's, it looks like a dinghy. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. So, because the, the way the Titanic was built, it was split into 16 compartments. Yeah. And the walls of the compartments went about... Some, some of them went a third of the way up the boat. Some went up to halfway of the body. And so, right. in theory... The Titanic would have stayed afloat, obviously, not the way it should have. If four of those compartments were filled with water, then the Titanic okay. could have stayed afloat and sailed very slowly to be recovered. But because of how the collision damaged the hull and jutted down all of most of the length of the ship, a lot of the compartments were compromised and it just pulled it down. Great. Which, you know, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some uh, excellent planning. Well done, everyone. Precisely. So it took about mm, two, two and a half hours to sink, maybe slightly more. See, that is a long time. It is, to be fair. If you're like, if you're like just chilling, like in the movie, you know, those old people that get into the bed. Yeah. Like if they're lying there waiting to drown for two and a half hours, mm. that's that's long. And they, they are based on a real couple. Yeah. Um. Isidore and Ida Strauss they're based on. The founders, I think they founded Macy's. Really? They're, they're, they found a big department store. They founded a big department store. They found it. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I forgot. What's that over there, Isidore? <laughs> <laughs> a freshly made building, just for we. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so they, she was offered a place on a lifeboat. Because the rule is obviously uh -huh. women and children first. So a lot, when I go into the statistics of who died, how they died, um, a lot of, it's disproportionately male. God, uh -huh. where's International Men's Day? Am I right? <laughs> Jokes. In October? No, November. Oh, there is one. Yeah. I, why do they kick off when you get your day then? Because you're too dumb to fucking Google when yours is. You <laughs> just a get butthurt instead. I apologise everybody. <laughs> I, I would like to publicly apologise on behalf of all men. To all Thank women. You. I appreciate it. That we're not the best. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so Ida was offered a place <laughs> on a boat and she refused because Isidore wasn't initially. Then they said because Isidore was old, he could have a place on the boat with his wife. I don't understand that logic. Neither do either. I. I'd be like, right, we're going in age order. You're 95. Yeah, you're exactly. Done. I mean, you, you, it's, I suppose it's just manners. Because a lot, I mean, at the time, you could look at the Titanic. I've like I've read like articles and stuff about it. You could look at the Titanic as um, a cross-section of society. So the yeah. more money you had, you were treated like a god. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why there's also a disproportionate amount of third-class people who died. Yeah. Because they were locked inside under the water. Right. But crazy, um, horrible. Yeah. So anyway, 
Isidore and Ida, they're the couple on the bed, supposedly. So let's go. Let's fast forward two to three hours after it's hit the iceberg and it's gone down. It's very sad. So about 710 people survived the entire disaster. Okay. So we've got the initial number that I did mention previously, which was about 2,500 people. So a lot of people died. A lot, yeah. And a lot, so approximately 1,500 people plus. There's a lot of different statistics. So I'm going off the British Board of Trades numbers. Okay. Uh, But there's, I mean, there's obviously different reports that, I mean, they put it between 1,500 to 1,700 people who died. Right. So about one, so of these 1,500 people who ended up in the water or trapped in the boat, they're like they're all the people who weren't on the lifeboat. So there's approximately 710 people on the lifeboats or pulled out of the water. Right. That that number boggles my mind because which the like just the 1500 plus people. Yeah, that's so many. Just the fact that they all died, it it does baffle me. So yeah. there were twenty. Was it twenty? No, was it twenty or twelve lifeboats? Didn't lots of people die of hypothermia? Well, is that true? That's the common belief. But there have been several okay. studies into it. And because the water was dangerously lower than it should have been at that time of the year anyway, it was 28 degrees. Right. You can die of um, varying things, causes death within minutes, such as cardiac arrest, uncontrollable breathing in of water and eventually drowning yourself. Right. Or cold incapacitation. Oh, that's me every morning when I have to get out of bed. <laughs> Which is different to hypothermia. Obviously, hypothermia was an instigating factor, but because the water was so cold, they think hypothermia would have taken too long. Okay, so it's just like instant. Because the shock should have killed people within minutes. When you said 28 degrees, is that Celsius or Fahrenheit? Um, Fahrenheit. I have no concept of like the temperature of water. So the the water <laughs> was, in our terms, minus two degrees Celsius. Okay. So that's below freezing. Some, I suppose yes. it's still only water because of the salt in it, maybe? But yeah, it's the ocean. So it's just a lot, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of water to freeze, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when we'll know. So almost, really almost all of the people in the water died of a cardiac arrest or other bodily reactions to freezing water within How do they know that? Is it minutes. speculation? Pardon? Or did they like, how do they know that? Is it speculation or did they like fish out bodies and stuff? I assume it must, it it must, I don't really know, because I doubt they did post-mortems. Yeah. So, I mean, they must be going off just science that we've got now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I reckon so. hypothermia was a big factor in it, but I can, I can really understand, like, if you fall into that water, your body would just have a heart attack. Yeah, and, like, you're expending so much energy just to stay afloat as well. Yeah. So, you've got a, a, around 13 people who were in the water... You know, that scene when the lifeboat goes back with the Welsh guy. He's like, yeah. is anyone alive out there? <laughs> and then Rose starts yeah. blowing on her whistle. Only 13 people were pulled out of the water into the lifeboats. God. Even though all of the lifeboats put together. Because the fun thing is, a lot of the lifeboats were let off the ship underfilled. Like, grossly underfilled. Because people yeah. were worried. Because they didn't have the lifeboat drill, people were worried if there were more than... I don't know, 30 or 40 people in these boats, they would sink. But the boats had room for 70 to 80 people, 90 at a push. Oh my God. So the total amount with all of lifeboats, they could have saved 500 more people. 
Oh my God. If only they knew. With regards to the water, there is a quote from a survivor called Frank Prentice. It's quite a long quote and it's split into two bits, but it's a really good quote. Okay. Are you going to do a voice? uh, No. So (laughs) at the stern of the ship, there were two boards that said, be careful of the propellers. I mean, I don't really know what they thought if they were going to reach down and touch one. (laughs) It's a bit of a drop. (laughs) But they said, beware of the propellers anyway. And Frank Prentice, towards the end of the sinking, said he was on the port board that said, keep clear of the propeller blades, hanging on. And as he looked down at the water below the ship, so obviously the way it sank, the stern was rising out of the water, then the ship broke into the front, Mm -hmm. sunk straight down, pulled the back back up, and then that bubbled down afterwards. Yeah. So he's hanging on for dear life to this board and looks down and he says, there's so much debris, bodies dead and alive, hundreds of them around the stern of that ship and they'd all drifted down. I eventually slid off. So he falls off the sign. He's wearing his life jacket, manages to avoid all three of the propellers on his way down. Wow. Crashes into the water and he says, with a terrific crash. And he's lucky he didn't hit anything. And he says he's lucky. Uh-huh. And then some, the interviewer obviously asks, what was it like? And he goes, cold, freezing, unimaginably freezing. It's what killed everybody. Nobody lasted it's very long. having a long. conversation with me. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, nobody lasted very long. And then he says he found somebody called Rick, who I assume was a friend or like a colleague, because this guy was a member of the crew. He wasn't a passenger. Right. And Rick had hurt himself because something had fallen on him. And Rick's didn't say much because Rick's was already basically dead. Oh, good. And then he's then Frank says, and he died. This is the sad bit. He goes, eventually, after what seemed like a lifetime, I seem to be all by myself. Oh, my God. And then he says, this is awful. I know. Then he says, the cries for help and the prayers had all subsided and everything was quiet. Everything was dead. But oh the thing is, this guy... It's not like he's drifted away from everyone else. He's still floating in amongst this group of now frozen dead people. So why isn't he freezing? I don't know. Okay. I I mean, I thought that myself when I was watching him like talk. Because it's just, I mean, in the video, it's like this really nice old man in like the 1980s. And he's he's just talking. And a lot of, one of the chefs on board survived purely because he necked a load of whiskey before he jumped into the water. (laughs) <laughs> relatable <laughs> yeah exactly I, that's exactly what i do but that obviously kept yeah. his blood thin and kept yeah. his whole inside warm for a bit longer um wow. then he goes on to say some people didn't even leave their cabins or managed to get onto the deck and they must have died inside the ship and they must have suffered more than i gradually dying in the dark well yeah obviously they suffered more than you because you didn't die Yeah, i know it's yeah <laughs> it, but that terrifies me. Yeah. The whole thing where third class people were locked below decks because the staff didn't think they should be allowed to be near the first class people until the first class people were off the boats. Yeah, it's horrendous. It's 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 daft to me now, but you can fully understand how it happened. Oh, sure, yeah. Like they didn't pay that money to be near the plebs. Yeah. <laughs> but then all you'd think logic would dictate you to be there like nobody's going to know who's a pleb and who's not. Yeah, exactly. In such like, a disaster. Hey, we're all dying. Yeah. Um, so, bear with me. Bear with me. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another man who manned a lifeboat, who was a bedroom steward, but only survived because he was a member of the crew who was told to man a lifeboat, Arthur Lewis, mm-hmm. said, the women and children in the boats never spoke. We were all waiting to be picked up. We didn't know each other, so it didn't feel proper. Even the survivors are there in shock, freezing cold, and in silence. And then you have to imagine being a survivor in a boat, listening first to loads of screams and cries for help and prayers, and then suddenly that becoming dead silent in the pitch black of the ocean on a very still water. You'd think you were in, like, purgatory or something, wouldn't you? Yeah. Is it true as well that, like, as the boat sank, it created like a vortex and like sucked people yeah down. which is why happens, which is right? why a lot of the lifeboats didn't go back because yeah. if they'd have gone back sooner they could have saved more people but a yeah. lot of the crew knew that if they went back the ship would pull them down yeah so you've got um survivors like molly brown the unsinkable mm-hmm. molly brown who tried to take over her lifeboat to make people row back but because yeah. she was a woman she was talked down by the male member of crew who said like there's no reason for us to go back because we've survived now and they will all die god and it's like yeah they'll die because you've decided they will now yeah um there was a lifeboat that was so disgustingly understaffed and it became a huge um situation because there was only i think 12 to 14 people on it what when it could sit up to you know 80 healthily and the problem was there was a rich first-class couple, Sir Cosmo and Lady Duff Gordon, who, <laughs> I know. So she was a fashion designer. He must have just been rich. I don't really know yeah. how it worked. And the problem came where a lot of his crew on that boat were firemen and stuff. And as a mm-hmm. thank you, supposedly, when they got back to land, he paid them. And when that got out, into the press everyone was there like this man paid so that they wouldn't go back and rescue people and he bought his own lifeboat which is obviously a scandal um so with all these people dying you'd like to think what's happening with all the rockets they're firing into the sky or the guys who are on the marconi um what's the thing morse code machines be like help us well There are several boats and none of the ships that responded were near enough to Titanic to reach it before it sank. So even the closest ship, there would have been people in the water and people in lifeboats and people would have died. So the Burma estimated that it would be 6am by the time they could get to the scene, which would have been about five hours after the ship sank. God. Um, the Carpathia, which is the one that actually saved people, arrived around 4 a.m. So people have been... After, in, what, three hours? Yeah, people have been in the boats for three hours just aimlessly sailing, trying to find stuff, I suppose. Yeah. Then there's a ship called the SS Californian, which was the last ship that was in contact with the um, Titanic before the collision. Mm-hmm. Their wireless operator went to bed turned off turned off the machine so they weren't receiving the signals and there's crew on that boat and passengers and crew on the titanic that know that they saw each other because the californians saw the titanic's flares yeah but didn't assist 
There's some reports where they thought it was a firework display. Oh my God. And there's some where they just didn't, the captain was in bed and obviously they're just, they were too busy or something. I don't really know. And there's a passenger called Eva Hart who says that ship was so close, less than nine miles away easily. They try and say it was 19, but it was nine. It was a ship. I could see people on the deck. That ship must have seen us. Oh my God. Imagine that. What a fucking despicable villain. In it. That's awful. <laughs> I've never sounded I hope he was. <laughs> I hope he was consumed with guilt. You'd like every to think day. so. God, because it's just what's wrong with people. Needless. So the Carpathia is the one that saved people. Yeah. So they conveyed seven hundred and ten people to New York. Wow. While the other fifteen hundred plus people are obviously dead. So yeah. when pe- when all the passengers of the Titanic, the survivors, got onto the Carpathia and they're sailing through this ice field, which has now become an ice field. The night before, the Titanic was sailing through pitch black water. The iceberg appears out of nowhere. And it's as if this first iceberg is bringing an army behind it. Wow. So Carpathia's captain... I didn't know that. I always picture like just one random iceberg. But I guess not. It, well, the way, it, the way I always thought it was just the one. Because then, they're, then it's not like they're sailing up towards, you know iceland and stuff like that they're sailing across underneath canada and things like that but it turns out where the titanic sank and where the carpathia was sailing through it's now known as iceberg alley because a lot of them go past halifax and newfoundland down through that part of the atlantic ocean and then obviously eventually melt and things but carpathia's captain described the place as an ice field that had included 20 large bergs measuring up to 200 feet high Wow. And the fun fact about icebergs is only one-eighth of them is above the water and seven-eighths is below it. So if it's 200 feet yeah. tall, and that's one-eighth, I can't do the maths. Maybe I could. 1,600 feet below? Mm, yeah. Which is a bit of a heart attack inducer. Yeah, and it's like wider, right? So you could not, you wouldn't be right next to it, but you actually could still hit it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So... There were these 200 feet high ones, numerous smaller ones, as well as ice flows and debris from the Titanic. So obviously like the deck chairs or I don't know, maybe perhaps a wooden door that two people could have fit on. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And the the passengers of the Carpathia, both the survivors and the original passengers, described being in the middle of a vast white plain of ice studded with icebergs. Great. Which is just horrifying. So it's bad. The Carpathia took three days to reach New York. Her journey was slowed by pack ice, fog, thunderstorms, and rough seas. So, I mean, you know, the Titanic survivors, have they survived enough? Of course they haven't. (laughs) God's like, just die! (laughs) I had a plan for you. (laughs) So the initial reports that were sent from other ships that had received signals, and obviously they're trying to get it to New York to be there, like, you need to gear yourselves up, be ready that people are going to be coming in, survivors... And also, there's going to be a lot of dead people that we might need to go and recover later on in the podcast. So initial reports were very confused, leading the American press to report on the 15th of April, the day that it actually had sank, Uh um, that the Titanic was being towed to port by the SS Virginian, only mildly damaged. So people have heard that the Titanic is damaged. So obviously they're worried. I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, (laughs) they're definitely not. But then later that day on the 15th, 
the Carpathia sent its messages and said, listen, the Titanic's fully gone and most of her passengers and crew had died. And that's when you get that iconic picture of the gar- the little boy, the newsboy, with the poster that reads, Titanic disaster, great loss of life with the evening news. Yeah. And that's like an iconic photograph. There's loads. I need to add quite a few. They'll be the key images of the episode, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so where I live here in Liverpool now, the White Star offices are here where, because the ship, it doesn't, the Titanic didn't say Southampton on the back. It said Liverpool because that was its port of registry. Right. So I went to an event three weeks ago in the hotel that is, that they've now made it into a hotel, which was 30 James Street, which is the White Star Line's offices. It's a really nice building, actually. Yeah. Really beautiful. But um, the hardest hits were in Belfast where the ship yeah. was built and in Southampton where a lot of people had signed on to work on the ship for work because Southampton's obviously the ship town of the UK. Um, So on the 18th of April, the Carpathia docked at 9.30pm and was greeted by some 40,000 people waiting in heavy rain. Wow. So, And this is in New York, yeah? yeah? The Carpathia arrived at Pier 54, which was the Cunard Pier, which okay. they, were the, they were the owners of the Carpathia. They were the White Star Line, which was Titanic's owners. They were rivals. Then later on oh. in the 20th century, they merged and, you know, they bought each other and everything like that. So after it would had deposited all the survivors, the Carpathia dropped off the Titanic's lifeboats that it picked up at Pier 59, which was the purpose-built pier for the Titanic and her two sister ships, which were too big to be in any other pier. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Many of the Titanic's survivors didn't linger in New York because, I I mean, I assume they had no reason to, and headed onwards immediately to American relatives' homes. I mean, you would. Yeah. Some of the rich women and children and men who survived, because some men managed to sneak their way onto lifeboats, and you think, well, maybe that's a bit despicable. Um. (laughs) They chartered private trains to take them home. And the Pennsylvania Railroad laid on a special train free of charge to take survivors to Philadelphia. Wow. Which is cute. So now let's go into the fun bit, the bit we like. Let's talk about retrieval of the dead. Dun, dun, dun. So the White Star Line chartered the cable ship, the Mackie Bennett, from Halifax in Nova Scotia in Mm -hmm. Canada which I found out meant New Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Had no idea. I thought, that looks a bit familiar. Is it Latin? Turns out it is. Um, <laughs> well done. Thank you. So they chartered the Mackie Bennett to retrieve bodies. And then three other Canadian ships followed in the search. The Minia, the Montmagny, because it's French, and mm-hmm. the Algerine. And each ship left port with embalming supplies, undertakers, and members of the clergy. So. Why? Well, to you'll find out, don't worry. Okay. Why? <laughs> that was so dramatic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, of all of the bodies that were lost of those 1,500 plus people, 333 bodies were found and eventually recovered. Mm-hmm. So, 328 of those were found by the Canadian ships I have just mentioned. And five more by passing North Atlantic steamships, which is a really fun fact that we'll get into That's... shortly later. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> so the Mackie Bennett reached the Titanic wreck site, obviously not the wreck site because that's at the bottom of the ocean, but, you know, the bit yeah. above it, where it went in the water, yeah. um, a week later. So 
there's there's a lot of things happen in a week. Yeah, I bet. Um, like sharks eating you. I don't think they're sharks, but no? there's other birds, other fish, I suppose. Yeah. Um, anything. I mean, the salt probably the salt water probably did a number. Yeah, and the bodies were very scattered by the time they found it. But well, by the time they oh, found yeah. some of them, so they're they're already miles away from the actual place where the Titanic sank. But supposedly, according to one crew member of the Mackie Bennett, the bodies through the mist were said to look like a flock of seagulls in their white life jackets because they managed to, most of them grouped together, which just it seems like yeah. the most horrifying thing because... That's awful. Even a few hours later, they're already, you know, essentially frozen. So I yeah. can't even think how these people were discovered a week later. God. So the Mackie Bennett found so many bodies that the embalming supplies aboard were quickly exhausted. So they had to change their approach. Captain Lander and the undertakers aboard decided to preserve only the bodies of first-class passengers. Oh my God. I know. Because the what health regulations the health regulations dictated that only embalmed bodies could be returned to port for I don't I mean health and safety reasons, I suppose. They're frozen solid. I don't really know what the problem is. That's crazy. Um, justifying that decision was the need to visually identify wealthy men to resolve any disputes over large estates. Because Ugh. disproportionately, first-class men, there were 175 aboard and 118 died. So yeah. 67% of the first-class men on board died, whereas 57 wow. still managed to survive. But then if you compare that to third-class men and second-class men, in fact... You've got 67% yeah. of first-class men dying. Then you've got 92% of second-class men and 84% of third-class men. Why? Why more second-class men? I don't actually know. That's weird. There were less... There were 168 second-class men on board. 14 were saved and 154 died. Oh, my God. There were 462 third-class men on board. 75 were saved and 387 died. But it's the figures from the um, National Board of Trade, the British Board of Trade, they, they are fairly good for women and children, which is good. The rules, good, the rules but... did apply, but the men obviously got the short end of the stick. Yeah, sorry about that. Mm, <laughs> you know how it is. So when you look at it, first-class women, only 3% of first-class women were lost because there were 144 really? <laughs> on board... 140 were saved and four died. One of those is Ida Strauss, who chose to. Uh And then there were another three, I suppose. Um, And then no second-class children died, which is cute. (laughs) Only one first-class child died, which is sad, because there were only six of them. Oh, (laughs) wow. I know. Well done, guys. (laughs) So yeah, there's a there's a lot of fun not fun statistics, but interesting statistics to go through. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So the Mackie Bennett had to decide that only first class survivors, if they could be identified, should be embalmed. Wow. Um as a result of this, many third class passengers and crew were buried at sea by being wrapped in cloth weighed down with iron bars and thrown back into the ocean. That's why just do that to me on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they were members of the clergy on board, okay. because they knew eventually they'd have to bury people at sea, and that was the same. The same was done to people who were too disfigured to be recognised. Oh my god! Unless they obviously had ID on them, 
which I suppose oh, right. you could. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's a few, mem- like, a few first-class men who would have signet rings and things on that you could, I suppose, identify them by. Yeah, true. So the captain identified many of those buried at sea as crew members by their clothing and stated that as a mariner, he himself would be spiritually contented to be buried at sea, which is cute. We, you know, Do it to him right there and Exactly. Then. Justify your decisions however which way you would like to, Mr. Captain Man. Ugh. Um, bodies recovered were preserved for transport back to Halifax, which was the closest city to the sinking with direct rail and steamship connections. Oh. So there was a system to identify the bodies and safeguard personal possessions upon arrival in Halifax. And a temporary morgue was set up in the curling rink of the Mayflower Curling Club. Just because there was a lot of ice there, I suppose. About two thirds of the bodies brought back were identified, including people like John Jacob Astor, who was the richest man on board. Um, Great guy, I I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) His young bride managed to survive because, you know, it's not, I I like having little stories like that because, you know, some people did survive. Here we go. Right, in mid-May, that's a month okay. afterwards, RMS Oceanic recovered three bodies over 200 miles or 320 kilometres from the site of the sinking of the Titanic, who were among wow. the original occupants of a lifeboat. Oh. So they found them in a lifeboat. Why? Well, when 5th Officer Harold Lowe and six crewmen, I think Harold Lowe is meant to be the Welsh one in the film, Right, okay. They returned to the wreck site sometime after the sinking in a lifeboat to pick up any survivors they could find. They rescued a dozen males and one female from collapsible boat A. So basically, there were the 16, I think it's 16 because there was 20 altogether, um, actual wooden solid lifeboats, the real ones. Mm -hmm. And then there were four collapsible ones that could be used in the case of a real emergency. They could get them down, attach them to the davits and use them as proper lifeboats. So one of those was overturned during the whole sinking and people survived on the back of it. Great. They found a dozen males and one female, This uh, Harold Lowe, when he went back. But he left the dead bodies of three of its occupants who died. So they'd survived the water, got onto a boat and died afterwards, which is really sad. Oh, no. And they left their bodies. And then a month later, so God knows what kind of smorgasbord is going on in that lifeboat. Oh, yuck. 200 miles away. 200 miles away, yeah. Wow. And then, so the Oceanic found them and buried the bodies at sea. And I mean, I like that they've said that they were bodies according to this because I'd I'd say it was soup. (laughs) I don't really know. (laughs) Well, no, probably not if it was that cold. And also, like, salt is a preservative, right? That's true. They might have been more mummies, to be fair. Yeah. They could have been. And the last... I mean, not great, either way. that's very true. The last body from the Titanic recovered was a steward named James McGrady, who was body number 330. And he was found by the Algerine on the 22nd of May, floating in the sea. Oh, God. Which is so sad. That is. Because he's just there by himself. That's wild. Yeah. Awful. Mm. And then a lot of them, a lot of the bodies did quickly sink with the ship. And currents also dispersed them along hundreds of miles, which means a lot of them weren't recovered because they, you know, yeah. they're gone. And yeah. by June, 
one of the last search ships reported that the life jackets that were on the Titanic were they weren't made to last that long in the sea, so they would have just been falling apart and bodies would have just sank out of them. Yeah. So of the people There must be so many bodies in the bottom of the ocean. Well. Oh, do you mean in general? Yeah. Oh right, okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But like how much sailing have we done throughout history? No, you're correct. I mean I don't think you get any body left. No. But ghosts are down there. <laughs> <laughs> because the there was a big push to try and make the wreck site a memorial site by the US government to stop people going down there. But there is another iconic picture of um a leather jacket and a boot, which is very clearly where somebody has ended up. And leather doesn't decompose the same way as obviously human flesh. Yeah. So this this boot is left where this person's foot was and the the coat is just where their body was. So the argument ethically is whether you can call it a memorial site because is this person just now mud or are there human remains in the sand? But mm. it's been over 100 years. So there probably isn't. But it's just yeah, interesting when you see the picture that that's obviously how somebody landed it really brings it home. Yeah. Like, that's just wow. that's just where they were. Which is a bit, which is a bit sad. It's so sad. Um, what other facts did I have? I did have some, like, fun trivia bits. Uh-huh. The first film made about the sinking of the Titanic, called Saved from the Titanic, is a silent film starring silent movie star Dorothy Gibson, a survivor from first class of Titanic. Guess when it was released? Oh, I bet it was about five minutes, wasn't it? 29 days afterwards. <laughs> 29 days. Listen. You'd think Dorothy maybe needed a therapist, <laughs> a good old round yeah. of some PTSD help. No, she was straight yeah. behind a camera. No. Hollywood know what they're about. They do. They know their brand. And even in 1912. What other fun trivia facts did I have? There is There are a few. There is a book called, a novel called The Wreck of the Titan, or... Futility. <laughs> Great. Released in 1898. It's a novella written by Morgan Robertson. Now, the story... Oh, wait. 1898? 1898. Before. So 14 years before the ship, Titanic, okay. sank. The story features a fictional ocean liner called Titan, um, which sinks in the North Atlantic after striking an iceberg. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. Did Nostradamus write it? <laughs> the Titanic, which sank 14 years later... There, are, there, there's more similarities, which are some of them are terrifying. Some of them are terrifying. So, like okay. the Titanic, the fictional ship Titan sank in April in the North Atlantic. There were not enough lifeboats for all the passengers, and then there's also similar um, dimensions of it. So, both in both in the novel and the Titanic in real life, were the largest craft afloat at the time and the greatest of the works of men. So the Titan was 800 feet long and displaced 45,000 tons. Mm -hmm. The Titanic was 882 feet long. Stop it. Displacing 46,000 tons. You shut your mouth. <laughs> this is giving me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> In it! Both what are described heck? as unsinkable. Both had triple screws, which means they had three propellers. Mm -hmm. Both had a shortage of lifeboats. Right, so the Titan in the novel is described as carrying as few as the law of the, of the day allowed, which was 24 lifeboats, which could carry less than half of her total complement of 3,000 passengers. 
and crew. The Titanic carried only 16 lifeboats plus four collapsible ones. So the Titan, a fictional boat, had more lifeboats than the real-life Titanic. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So boats struck an iceberg. So the Titan in the novel, moving at 25 knots, which is a respectable speed, struck an iceberg on the starboard side on a night of April in the North Atlantic, 400 nautical miles from Newfoundland. Right? Okay. The Titanic, moving at 22 and a half knots, so two and a half knots slower, struck an iceberg on the starboard side on the night of April 14th, 1912, in the North Atlantic, 400 nautical miles from Newfoundland. Can you stop? I, in it. What, what? Why would they both have sank 460 miles away from Newfoundland? That is very scary. The sinking, the Titan sank, and the majority of her 2,500 passengers and crew died. Only 13 people survived. The Titanic oh, sank, okay. and 1,500 of her 2,200 passengers and crew died. So 705 people survived. But the numbers are different, because earlier I was saying there was 713. So the numbers are different from different reports. Yeah, but close enough. <laughs> so after the Titanic sinking, some people credited Robertson with clairvoyance. Yeah. But Robinson denied this, claiming the similarities were explained by his extensive knowledge of shipbuilding and maritime trends. So, (laughs) I mean, autumn, winter 1912, it's fashionable to hit an iceberg and sink, apparently. Somebody call (laughs) Anna Winter. (laughs) Let her know. (laughs) And then my other fun fact, you've got the Titanic. Her elder sister, the Olympic, had a brush with disaster. So as the Olympic was leaving um, the port in Southampton, it collided... As the Olympic was leaving the port of Southampton in 1911, so only a few months before the Titanic had her whole shtick, Mm -hmm. the Olympic collided with the British warship HMS Hawk. And there's a picture of it. It tore her a new one right down the side. (laughs) There were no fatalities, and despite the damage, the ship was able to make it back into port without sinking. Okay. And, you know, was patched up. Then after the Titanic sank, they added a lot more lifeboats to the Olympic and made a few, you know, necessary improvements. Then you've got Titanic. We know what happened to her. Then you've got Britannic, the younger sister, Mm -hmm. who became a um, British Red Cross war-like hospital ship during the first world war mm-hmm. now that ship struck a mine in the aegean sea and it sank within 55 minutes killing 30 out of the 1066 people on board so a lot of people managed wow. to get off mm-hmm. and that wreck if like a lot of people want to dive to the titanic obviously because it's so synonymous with just ships like mm-hmm. but if you want to see what they actually look like you could literally go to the Aegean Sea, which I believe is near Greece. Yeah, I think so. And you can dive down, probably warmer water, a bit <laughs> less pressure because it's shallower, and you could see something yeah. that looked awfully like the Titanic for, you know, wow. fun. Now, there is a woman called <laughs> Violet Jessup who survived all three of the sister ship's disasters. I'm sorry, What? <laughs> So, Violet Constance Jessup was an Irish-Argentinian ocean liner stewardess and nurse 
who is known for surviving the disastrous sinkings of both the RMS Titanic and her sister ship, the HMS Britannic, in 1912 and 1916. And in addition, Mm -hmm. she had been on board the RMS Olympic when it collided with a warship and almost sank in 1911. Oh, my God. (laughs) This woman's look is... Enormous, knows no end, but she also must have been is she so all right? Tired, but yeah, but like <laughs> after the first one, I'd be there like, mm, maybe yeah. I'll go and be a seamstress, and then you'd be like this again, exactly. <laughs> so the Olympic, she was working as a stewardess for the White Star Line, which were the owners of all of the ships. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on board when it collided, was taken back to port, and you know you'd think. I'm shell-shocked, kind of have maybe six months off. Yeah. Whatever. No, she's still a stewardess for the White Star Line. Her next commission is the Titanic. Great. So she was 24. Oh, my God. At this point, (laughs) when the Titanic sank. So she described in her memoirs how she was ordered up on deck because she was to function as an example of how to behave for the (laughs) non-English speakers who could not follow instructions given to them. (laughs) How British and how patronising. Wow. She watched as the crew loaded the lifeboats and once she'd done her job to the point where some people listened, some people didn't, she was ordered into lifeboat 16 and as the boat was being lowered, one of Titanic's officers gave her a random ass baby to look after. (laughs) (laughs) Then the next morning, she's obviously rescued by the Carpathia and... According to Jessup, while on board the Carpathia, a woman, presumably the baby's mother, grabbed the baby she was holding and ran off with it without saying a word. Oh, great. Now, I mean, I'd be too much in shock after surviving two ships that look almost identical, having their own problems. I'd be like, just take the baby and somebody get me a fucking rum or something (laughs) just to calm me down. Yeah. Now, Violet, bless her soul, during the First World War, was still a stewardess. This time now for the British Red Cross. I, I reckon she sat there, had enough of the White Star Line. I'm not working for yeah. you guys anymore. I'm going to work for the British Red Cross. So on the morning of the 21st of November 1916, she was on board the Britannic, a White Star liner that had been converted into a hospital ship. Now, the second, if I was Violet, and they said, oh, this is the boat you'll be on. I'd be like, no. Nope, Would you have not I just had not. the most, you know, traumatic seizure of your life? Just being yeah. like, I've survived two of these. Something's <laughs> happening. Yeah, absolutely. No chance. Somebody wants me dead, probably. <laughs> at God. Now, yeah. I mean, I, 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 this bit fascinates me. While the Britannic was sinking, Jessup dear old Violet, she happens to be one of the only passengers on one of the only lifeboats that is sucked towards one of the three propellers that is out of the water but still spinning because the engines are still going. Yeah. And a lot of the lifeboats were empty, but because obviously the water in the Aegean Sea is warmer, you can survive in it. So people are just jumping into the sea to try and survive. While she's in this lifeboat with a lot of patience who have obviously been injured in war or Oh, God, whatever. yeah, it's a hospital ship. Yeah, so they get they managed in the 55 minutes to save, I mean, only 30 people died. So a lot of people yeah. were saved. But wow. she's in one of the lifeboats that's being sucked towards the back of the ship by this propeller that's churning empty lifeboats up. 
while people are jumping out of them. Why is Violet's look so terrible? If I were her, I think I would have screamed for about four years. Wouldn't you? Just continuously. So Jessup also, like the... Like her fellow passengers in lifeboats ahead of her, she jumps into the sea to avoid uh-huh. becoming, I don't know, mincemeat. Yeah. She has to jump out of her lifeboat, resulting in a traumatic head injury. Oh, God. Which she survived. Of course she fucking did. Obviously, she's immortal. She's still alive, right? <laughs> in her memoirs, she described the scene she witnessed as the Britannic went under as the white pride of the ocean's medical world. So, whereas the Titanic and the Olympic were painted mostly black with a red underbelly, the, because it was a hospital ship, the Britannic was painted all white with blue, no, with green crosses along the side. Like the medical cross, you know what I mean. Uh So, the white pride of the ocean's medical world, she dipped her head a little, then a little lower, and a little lower still, and all of the deck machinery fell into the sea like child's toys, Then she took a fearful plunge, her stern rearing hundreds of feet into the air until with a final roar, she disappeared into the depths. Wow. Now, ready for this kicker. Oh God, okay. Jessup returned to work for the White Star Line in 1920. Shut up. No, she didn't. Why? Why? Why don't you love yourself? (laughs) (laughs) So, years after her retirement in 1950... So she's worked another 30 years for the White Star Line, the Red Star Line, which is the company that formed when Cunard bought the White Star Line, mm-hmm. and then the Royal Mail Line. She worked for 30 years. She retires to Suffolk. Years after her retirement, Jessup claimed to have received a telephone call on a stormy night from a woman who asked Jessup if she saved a baby on the night that the Titanic sank. <gasps> oh, God. Yes, Jessup replies. And then the woman on the end of the phone says, I was that baby, laughed, and then hung up. What? I literally have goosebumps. What the heck? I know. That's so scary. So sad. God. But so cute at the same time. And then Jessup, often called Miss Unsinkable, died of congestive heart failure in 1971. And I'm not surprised. The woman woman. was owed seven heart attacks. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. So... I, yeah, it just, it baffles me. But that that is my last bit of trivia. And I suppose I've done a terrible job at... No. There's so many facts that you could, you know, find out. But I hope I've yeah. done it justice. You did a great job. That was so interesting. Thank you very much. I had never heard of that book before. That's creeped me Isn't out. it terrifying? Yeah. What the heck? A time traveller just casually wrote a book. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Great. Exactly. Also, I like that he was like... I didn't predict it. I just knew a lot about boats and about trends, sailing them and stuff. Does, which, in my mind, trends? is but in my mind that is predicting it. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> like he just means I didn't make it up. I did it from like stuff that I know, but that's still predicting it in in my view. It, but it's it terrifyingly predicted. Yeah. That. Yeah. Insane. Which is just weird, but yeah. So that wow. is. You know, a brief summary of the Titanic and also the people who died on it Great and died job, around babe. it. Thank you very much. Around it. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. I suppose now, without further ado, it's time for your funny one. Okay, yes, I do have my Darwin Award. I tried to get one that was like water themed just to have a, a theme happening. So, 
25th of May, 1999 in Ukraine. I was alive Picture then. It. Yes, so was I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than you, so. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of grey, but I think that's just my stereotype. You were seeing a lot of grey for the Titanic as well. I know. You think that everything's grey at all times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A fisherman in Kiev electrocuted himself while fishing in the river Tereblaya. I don't speak Russian or any oh of these other languages, so I'm sorry. <laughs> the, 40, the 43-year-old man connected cables to the main power supply of his home and trailed the end into the river. The electric shock killed the fish, right? Smart. So oh, they so the belly he's up frying... to the top of the yeah, water. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Guess what he did next? Please don't. He waded in to collect his cash, oh, neglecting to remove the live wire. What <laughs> the fuck? And, ele- and electrocuted himself. And he and died. Then, yes, and he was fishing for a morning meal to commemorate the first anniversary of his mother-in-law's death. Oh, for fuck's sake. And there's a related one um, that a, a man in China died because he poisoned some fish and then he ate them. Oh, just... <laughs> I love this website because people deserve this shit. Honestly, like, that's the whole point of this website. It's like, you know, sometimes you just got to let people take themselves out and that's it. So he's, this but, man is a, is a genius. You know, he's worked out yeah. the way. It's that, there's literally, I'm pretty sure there's a scene in The Simpsons of this. It might be The Simpsons movie, <laughs> it might not, uh-huh. where they drop like a lamp into the lake and loads of the fish come up to the surface and Homer starts biting one of the fish, and he's still electrocuting himself by biting this electrocuted fish. Yeah. That's it, yeah. isn't it? It's the same thing, yeah. Christ alive. Isn't that just wild? Beyond wild. It's it's morbid stupidity. Yeah. I love it, though. It's great. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so. Wonderful. It's your week next week. It is. Have you had ideas, themes? I have a couple of ideas, but I haven't narrowed it down yet so i'm gonna keep it as a surprise Ooh. i think but we might announce it on our twitter which is at grave digging pod yeah uh we've been tweeting a lot of pictures and news articles and other fun tidbits a gif uh yes there was a gif indeed um and we also did our first poll yeah. and we settled on our categories so you guys can vote. We'll have another poll going up tomorrow. And the categories are, was it quite sexy or was it a dumb way to die? Excellent. So we would love your feedback on that. No, it was it was a good idea. Then obviously, right, we're catching up with the Instagram because I'm not saying I've been busy, but I do like a nap. <laughs> so we are catching up with the Instagram. We're going to be posting the um, key images from our first episode. The plague came from space. Um We'll be posting those and then maybe an artwork or, you know, we'll work it out. Basically, on the Instagram, there's probably going to be a row per episode. That's uh-huh. that's the vision I have in my head. I'm letting you be in charge of it entirely. Yeah, it's probably a mistake. I, so No, I don't have a good uh, creative eye. <laughs> oh my God. But I was I'm about to tra- literally I'm say more... to you, you're good with words, which is why you have the Twitter. <laughs> Exactly, and, yeah. I'm, but you don't have good yeah. creative eye. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> so, yeah, we're excited. Uh, this is exciting. Honestly, we were both buzzing when the first episode went up. We were. We were really excited. Um, you can email us, gravediggingpod at gmail.com. Oh, we can. would love any um, suggestions for topics to cover. Any of your own uh, 
near-death experiences if you have any or just anything that you feel like sharing would be helpful. You know what? Not like how you are. Um, We need to be somewhat on theme. So yeah, not that we don't care how you are. We hope you're well. That's what Twitter's for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It would also be really wonderful if you would rate and review us on iTunes or wherever else you may happen to be listening because it is very helpful to us if you do that. So we would be very, very grateful. Yes. I think that's it then. Yeah, so, I'd say so. I've done enough talking. So just remember everyone, death is inevitable. And it's also quite sexy. Goodbye. Bye.